views and opinions expressed in this podcast are mine and do not reflect the positions of anyone but my goddamn self. If you are offended by expressions of black pride, broken English, and or gratuitous cussing, you may wish to turn away at this point in time. With that said, welcome to Shakespeare's Soapbox episode two, motherfuckers. Um, first things first, I'd like to sincerely thank everybody that took the time to listen, to leave a comment, to like, share. It really means a lot that you guys tuned into the first episode and are being supportive on this new creative endeavor of mine. So thank you. But like, let's get straight into it. You dig? So the Democratic National Convention is happening right now. That's right. It's the DNC. Run DNC is happening. Um, and I wanted to speak on that, but specifically to Michelle Obama and just her overall dopeness. I mean, she is the epitome and exemplifies what black excellence is at every turn. Um, her speech, presentation or message to the American public, whatever we want to call it, was very evocative. I was moved by it. Um, I think that Michelle in her rawness, in her uh, brutal honesty, spoke to a lot of things that we are all experiencing and feeling, right? Like she spoke to the Karens, which I thought was really dope. Uh, she spoke to the tomfoolery of folks who are overly entitled and feel like they shouldn't be wearing a mask in grocery stores. She spoke to voter suppression. And one of the things that really resonated was when she spoke to black lives, you know? Um, and she said, as George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and a never-ending list of innocent people of color continue to be murdered, stating the simple fact that a black life matters is still met with derision from the nation's highest office. Because whenever we look to this White House for some leadership or consolation or any semblance of steadiness, what we get instead is chaos, division, and the total and utter lack of empathy. Woo! Talk about ether. I love the fact that she so succinctly wrapped up Mike Pence and that boy 45 and just speaking to how they have averted and dodged Black Lives Matter. And it meant a lot because, you know, I felt like while Barack was president, he really oftentimes couldn't necessarily speak to everything in the most explicit or candid way. You know what I mean? Like he was aware that racial injustices were happening. Um, I think in his position, he oftentimes couldn't just call it outright racism. But I'm happy that she spoke to it. I was also really impressed by um, Michelle's ability to, in fact, not reference fuckboy by name until the very end. And even when she did, she trolled him. She was like, it is what it is, you know, and that's one of his catchphrases. I love the fact that she spoke to value systems and integrity and always going high, uh, I think that she was so raw. Um, it was almost like she gave her own State of the Union the way she was able to so accurately, with pinpoint accuracy, in fact, kind of speak to what this administration is and what it's represented. She said, labeling fellow citizens as enemies of the state while emboldening torch-bearing white supremacists, children are torn from their families and thrown into cages, and pepper spray and rubber bullets are used on peaceful protesters for a photo op, sadly, this is the America that's on display for the next generation. Again, whoo, she really got that ether in her right now. Um, I would say hands down, the most important thing that she said, the statement that had the most gravity to it was when she said, we've got to vote for Joe Biden like our lives depend on it. 
Like this is not just sage like wisdom. This is not just intel from an insider. This is a mother. This is a black mother. This is our auntie. This is our older sister. This is that grandmother who still makes the tater salad for family gatherings. Um, and Mama Obama was so explicit in telling us, if you think things cannot possibly get worse, trust me, they can and they will. If there has ever been a warning call, that was absolutely it. I feel like regardless of if you are a conservative, a moderate, a progressive, Michelle's message was very, very clear and that you have to go out and vote and we got to get this fuck boy out of office because God knows what the hell is going to happen if we do not. You know what I'm saying? But shout out to Michelle because as always, she is graceful. She is always poised and she represents all that is good. You know what I mean? I want to shift the conversation a little bit and uh, take a moment to acknowledge some folks, give roses, give those flowers, give out those bouquets, and specifically to people who have contributed to this culture of hip-hop, who have helped curate our experience of hip-hop, and that is specifically the good folks at The Breakfast Club. I am talking about Charlamagne the God, Angela Yee, and DJ Envy, also to Sway Calloway, the big homie, and last but not least, Angie Martinez. They have all been inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. Terrestrial radio has definitely changed a lot, but the truth of the matter is, who would I be if not for the moments like Kanye having a meltdown on Sway in the morning, right? Like how Sway, how Sway, or even Birdman uh, adding to the lexicon, put some respect on my name on a breakfast club, or even Soldier Boy's 2018 interview, Drake, Drake. I think that that's the magic about or with all of the people who are being inducted this year. Um, it is very representative of hip hop and it's a beautiful thing. Like when I think about New York radio and growing up, like besides Funkmaster Flex, Angie Martinez is synonymous with Hot 97, whether she is there or not. Um, you know, if Mr. Magic and Red Alert and Marley Marl or Chuck Chillout or Kid Capri all represented a very specific generation of hip hop radio, on all accounts, Angie Martinez defined the 90s. And, you know, she gets so much love and adoration from me just for that. You know what I'm saying? I love what The Breakfast Club does. Um, they carry on a great tradition of, like, duos like Dr. Dre and Ed Lovell or even a salaciousness of Star and Buck. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, what they do is truly amazing. Like, I, I still tune in just for segments like Donkey of the Day or Rumor Report. I love their long-form interviews. And I think that uh, it's a great dynamic that Angela, Charlemagne, and Envy have. And last but not least, I definitely got to give, you know what I'm saying, um, a special bouquet to the big homie Sway. He is absolutely a legend. If you look at his come up from Sway and Tech in the radio to becoming MTV's most recognizable VJ, to his sit-down interview with Obama, to Rap Fix Live, where he put on for me and other aspiring rappers, um, to even being a host of TRL, man, he really puts on for the culture in a very authentic and genuine way. He's really about using his platform to lift upcoming artists, specifically the lyricists. And I think that that's what I love about Sway most. No matter where he goes, no matter what he does, he is always representing hip-hop in its purest form. Kudos to you, Sway. Congratulations to everybody who's being inducted because, again, they have absolutely shaped my understanding and love of hip-hop. And I think that um, they are really treasures of the culture. 
they are irreplaceable assets in how they contribute and what they have added to the canon of hip-hop so again kudos man shout out to y'all Before I get out of here, y'all, I definitely want to discuss this new Nas single, Ultra Black, um, and specifically the shots fired, sent shots in the direction of young Doja Cat for the uninitiated Doja Cat as a rapper that rose to fame um, maybe a couple years ago. I caught wind of her because she had a song called Moo. I really wasn't sure if it was satirical or just comedy rap, but the hook was like, Moo, yeah, like a cow, Moo. Either way, on Nas' single, Ultra Black, he says, unapologetically black, the opposite of Doja Cat. And earlier this year, Doja Cat was under fire, and she was getting a lot of criticism from the internet. They alleged that she was um, participating in chat rooms when she was a little younger with white supremacists. They said that her single didn't do nothing, is racist, and most importantly, she was on IG Live complaining about the texture of her hair. You know, black girls and black women ain't gonna put up with that. But my question to y'all is, do we think that Nas is protecting the culture or is someone of his stature, of his legendary status, you know what I mean, out of her league and shouldn't even be bringing attention to it? Or is this just another example of hip hop misogyny like I talked about in last week's episode? Anyway, y'all know, um, just my thoughts, you know what I'm saying? Just how I'm feeling at the time. So, thank y'all for joining me. This broadcast is presented to you by the good folks at Shake Inc. Productions and Stay Rich Pod Network. The music has been curated and produced by Luke Renee. Do not forget to follow me on social media. My handles are at Franklin Rossman and at Stay Rich Pod. Also, please subscribe, y'all. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. Tune in next week for more adult contemporary hip-hop. You dig? Peace.